Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast from No Regrets Marriage. I'm Johnny Morton, your host. And as always, I'm joined by my wife, Carla. Yes. And we are getting ready to start part two of a three-part series on married sex. Um, I know that... I stole uh, that title because it's a book. Yeah, I know. But we did give credit for it. Yeah, We will give credit. Gary Thomas... Uh, Deborah Felita wrote the book Married Sex. And they call but, it Married Sex, yeah. And so, because that is our topic, though, Married, married Sex. sex and yeah. We just figured it's hard we, to figure out another way to say that. We would that, leave yeah. that as our topic. Um, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about sex as God designed it, and that is for the relationship of marriage. And if, you, if you're just running across this one, then I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the previous podcast as we talked about some of the myths and misconceptions about sex. Um, and now tonight, what we want to talk about is, hey, what, is, what was God's plan? What was his purpose when he created this thing called sex? And... We want to look at uh, one of the books that a lot of people don't know what to do with in Scripture, and that's the Song of Songs, or sometimes called the Song of Solomon. And then on our third and final podcast on dealing with this, we want to talk about, hey, what are some of the barriers that couples might be struggling with when it comes to sex? And what are some of the things you need to be able to do about that? Yeah, and we're, Johnny said earlier as we were praying before we started to do this, that we we know this is an incredibly delicate subject and you may be listening and y'all your marriage your relationship is in a great place and physically sexually that is awesome and you just are like okay what's the big deal just give me some more perks you know we're good there may be others that are listening and there are some places that you're really struggling. And so we want to be sensitive to that. We want to try to speak God's word and truth about this and maybe break down some of the barriers in the sense of talking about it, but talking about it in a way that's respectful and, and hopefully, though, may communicate something that might be of importance to you. Yeah, and just like Carla mentioned there, you know, one of our one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast was just to get couples more comfortable talking about it. Because, you know, all those other aspects of marriage, if you got financial issues, you usually talk about it. Or if you fight got, about them. Yeah, talk about them. <laughs> you get issues, you know, your children, uh, communication, all those things. You know, we don't have any problem even going to other people for advice about those things. Some of those areas, but yeah. But oftentimes, this area of sex, it's sort of, again, as we said, it's sort of that taboo. You don't talk about it. And I think more than anything, we don't know how to talk about it in just a really healthy way. I was going to say, and we realize this is not something we're proposing you're doing at the kitchen table, per se, you know, with family dinner. We realize this is very intimate. It is one of the more intimate pieces of your relationship. And that is part of the challenge because it's not the same thing to go to somebody and say, we're struggling financially. How do you help us get this in control? So it is a little bit harder. And that's part of why we wanted to kind of address it. And But I will say on that, that if this is an area that you've struggled in or you are struggling, 
hey, find someone to talk to about it. Yes, yes. Find a counselor if there's some issues there. If it's a medical issue, talk to your doctor. Um, Marriage coaching, which is what we do. But don't just stay silent and struggle and suffer with it. Yes. All right. We're talking about, you know, what was God thinking when he created sex? Because he's the one who created it. Um, He created us as sexual beings. I guess he could have done the old, you know, asexual thing, lay an egg. Yeah, you could lay an egg. Or you could have, you know, had a body part and just... Pollinate or something. Whatever, yeah. And and so, but God created sex. And uh, so we thought we'd really, real quick at that, because I think it is important when you think about the different purposes that God might have created sex, how they come into play into the sexual relationship in your marriage. Uh, and first off, we want to start with is just that principle of oneness that you go back to the very beginning. God said he created man, male and female, Adam and Eve, and he made the two one flesh. Now, obviously, the whole imagery of sex is that two becoming one, a man and a woman coming together. But it's really it's the physical expression of that spiritual reality of oneness that God does. That oneness that scripture talks about it is a mystical reality, exactly how God does it, what it is. We're not real sure, but we know that scripture teaches that, that the two become one. And every time that we have sex with our spouse, it is a celebration of that. And that's another reason why sex outside of marriage, it's a lie because it's expressing something that isn't true. It's expressing a oneness that's not really there. Yeah. So... Hey, it is a celebration of that oneness. Uh, next thing, I, I've, I've always said that one of the most interesting verses in Genesis is the end of Genesis chapter 2, where it's described that whole thing of man leaving his mother and father, two should come one. And it ends with, and they were both naked and unashamed. And yet, when you understand that chapter 3 is all about the fall, then you understand why chapter 2, of course, there weren't chapters when probably Moses wrote it, But you understand why that verse is there. Because one of the things, it is that expression of total innocence and vulnerability before each other that we talked earlier about what sex was. And that's destroyed. When sin comes into the world, Adam and Eve, and they're rebelling against God, their first thing was what? It was this realization, that shame that came from sin. It was, my gosh, we're naked. We're naked. we got to cover up. And the up. first thing we want to do was physically cover up. And hide. But it also was an emotional separation yeah. between them. And, and part of what God wants to do in marriage and part of the reason that Jesus came, yes, our total restoration is in the future, but it's also going on now. And when God redeemed us from the curse by Jesus' death on the cross, one of the things he wanted to do is to restore what was lost to the fall, and that includes that innocence, that total vulnerability that a husband and wife can have with each other. And when we have sex together, it is part of that of restoring what was lost in the fall. It gives us, yes, those, if you would, brief, moments of that, of recovering, like you said, what was lost at the fall. Next, um, babies. 
Are we for them or against them? We're for them. We're for them. It is. uh, And, you know, for a lot of people, that's what they think of. You know, sex is all about having children. And that is. It is procreation. And I love that because at God's heart, he is a creator. And when a husband and wife come together and create a child through the act of sex, boy, they're emulating God. They're imaging God, even in that act, is God uses sex to create life coming out of a husband and a wife. Which is really mind-boggling when you think about it. Yeah. That something that is 100% or is intended to be 100% pleasurable has the capability to create an entire new human being. That is wild. I mean, again, with really us having no control over that, so to speak, in the sense of it, it, it happening, per se, you know. And, and so it's, it is a divine wonder that we get to participate in that, that God would allow us to have that ability to participate. Yeah, it is literally participating in the work of God in creation. That procreation really is a cool kind of word when you think about it. It is. Okay, so we talked about oneness. We talked about restoration of innocence. We talked about procreation, making babies. Hey, there's also a part of sex that's meant to bond a husband and wife. And Carla, you're the medical person, so why don't you go real quick. How does, when the act of sex, what is the chemical release that's going on in your brain, sort of your brain on sex, What's going on there that God uses to bind a husband and wife together? Well, there's a lot of, there's several hormones that are released during the, the, the sexual act. And so some of those hormones are like oxytocin, and that is kind of considered one of the uh, hormones that's a, sur- that's a surge you feel, and it's the same kind of surge that a new mom feels like toward her baby. Yeah, they and, call oxytocin the bonding yes, chemical. Yes, thank you. Good, Johnny. And so um, it's that same sense of this. And for you that are listening that have had um, the opportunity to be a mom, you know when you look at that baby, there is this um, surge sort of of emotional attachment, connection, wonder of you bonding with this other little human being that almost you just can't put words to it. But what is cool is that you, the only other time we really get that outside of a pregnancy giving birth kind of thing are in little um, surges of it, if you would, with sexual um, intercourse. And for a man, it's honestly the only time really you all are going to have any of that per se because you don't carry the baby and you don't give birth and you don't have those hormonal changes. So when we think about it, it's really designed, ladies, to be a way that it connects our husband to us in that intimate connection that we want and a lot of time we really yearn for and actually one of the ways that happens is through sexual intimacy. And so I think it's it's a little warning, if you would, to women. I'm going to say women. I'm going to just speak of myself here, that you have to be careful 
that we don't use that in a way to manipulate to our detriment, meaning use it, put it off, don't want to have other reasons why not, because really God designed it to kind of bring them back around toward us. Yeah, I know part of the thing is, I remember I think Gary Thomas used this thing that typically not unusual that a man usually craves, has sexual desires and craves sexual life like every 72 hours or something like that. Which makes sense. And, you know, when you think about that, the average Which may or may not be, you know. Averages two to three times a week. But that it's designed that way to bring them back together. Yeah. To create, partly to create that bond. Coming back, like you said, the drift, life, work, kids, everything happens. We're maybe not always connecting. And yet here comes a need that's driven out of some physiological drives and needs and desires and here it comes again and if we're kind of listening for those things and intentional about it actually that can work toward our benefit in our relationship yeah so don't ignore that uh and then finally last one and carly already made reference to it you jumped ahead there oh sorry hey sex is all about pleasure it should be fun And it is so much in that and that a lot of it, you know, this whole idea that sex should be pleasurable and passionate and exciting, that God actually gave us a whole book of the Bible sort of, I think, somewhat devoted to that. And that's in the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. Uh, Let me read this quote. I love this quote by Gary Thomas. He says, the fact that God created sex tells us quite a bit about him. He's the kind of God who approves of pleasure that feels transcendent. When we clearly know and love God, we can accurately see and understand sex. And when we accurately see and understand sex, we can freely enjoy it. Since God is a God of love, we know that every healthy act of sex must be rooted in love, must be governed by love, and must be an expression of love. I love that quote because it puts sex exactly where it should be. It is all about literally making love to each other, but not just the physical act, but everything else that love involves. Sacrifice, putting the needs of someone else first, focusing on that other person, not just on yourself. And sex can be the culmination of all of that. Um, This is a a quote from another rabbi talking about, this is talking about the Song of Songs. Um, It's Rabbi Adam Greenwald, and he says, hey, if you've never read the Song of Songs in bed with someone that you love, you are missing out on one of the great religious experiences that our tradition has to offer. Hmm. The Song of Songs is an unabashedly sensuous, even at times quite erotic, paean to love or ode to love. And it is. And so we want to take the last few minutes here and just talk a little bit about the Song of Songs. In, in some ways, a very controversial book because people don't know how to handle it. Right. And it's very much in the Eastern tradition of love poetry. And it's very sensual and actually sexual in nature is it extols the love, whether you think it's between Solomon and a wife, there's other people that have different views of that, but it is an expression of the goodness of passionate love and sex in the marriage in relationship. The marriage, yeah. 
And it, it, it's just this incredibly beautiful thing. Um, first century rabbi called it. He says, hey, of all the sacred writings are holy, the song of songs is the holy of holies. Now that is an elevated view of what sexual love should be like. I think one of the, the people that I think that I appreciate the most of what he did about was Paul Tripp when he was talking about the Song of Songs. And real briefly, I just want to recap some of the things he says. One, it's a celebration of pure committed love. It's a reminder of what sexuality and sensuality is meant to be. It means that God cares about the most intimate details of our lives, even our sex life, which that may be. Sound very strange. To that some may people. sound strange. Yes. That may make people feel uncomfortable, but that God is totally, man, totally wants us to enjoy that part of what he created. Well, and I think when we think about how Satan and the world has hijacked, if you would, Again, something that God created, it's his idea, he set it up, he knows how he meant it to be, and he extols it to say, this is awesome. This is to be a pleasure for you. This is a gift between a man and a woman. And to allow the world and Satan to, to cheapen it, like it is, we don't need to do that. As believers, we need to be able to say, no, no, actually, this is our territory. Yeah, and I, I love it when you look at the, you know, when you look at the Song of Solomon, it is, it creates this, it's just passion. It is, yes, it's uh, spiritual passion involved there. There's this emotional longing for each, each other, other, but all of that culminates in the sexual intimacy between a husband and wife. Um, you think about it, it is incredibly creative. You go to the descriptions they have of each other, and literally he describes her beauty from head to toe. Now, let's be honest, his descriptions of beauty are probably very foreign to most of us. Probably yeah. not something we really understand. Is that where the goat's hair is mentioned? Yeah, goat's hair. Your yeah. hair is like a flock of goats, and your neck is like the Tower of David. And evidently, that was something that really, was nice really good compliment. as far yes. as them back yes. then. So think whatever compliments you want to have. Um, I think some of the things there you see is that, hey, sex is meant to be reciprocal. It was back and forth. Was it wasn't say, just all about one. To me, that is one thing that if you read this and you several of the um, commentaries Johnny has just mentioned, people that are very well known and, and well written and read some of those different things, you will see. So if you're a female thinking, oh, man, it's still all about the man. It's all about sex. Oh, no, no, no. Read this. Read some of the commentary on it, and you we can see again God's intent for this very mutual, satisfying relationship. Yeah, I, I would really encourage you. Um, we're big fans of Ben Stewart. He's pastor of Passion City, D.C. He did earlier in 2022, he did a whole series on the Song of Songs, beautifully done, and talks about a lot of these same things that we're talking about tonight. But if you get a chance, I'd really encourage you to, to get online and go watch those. Um, sex is exclusive. 
and you see that, it is something that's reserved for the husband and wife. It's not meant to be something shared with anybody else. And of course, that is part of the power of the relationship and that intimacy. That again, it is shared not outside that the boundary is the two of you. And so I think that's part of what part of what we know is so sad and traumatic when that is broken, but also the beauty when it is kept within the confines of the marriage relationship. It is. Yeah, it is. It, it brings it to the point of even what we say that man's sex itself becomes holy because it is a touch of the divine within that total expression and abandonment of love with each other. Um, I love quotes. You'll hear me say those a lot. Uh, Watchman Nee, uh, sort of one of my, even though I didn't know him, he's sort of, I guess, one of my spiritual mentors. Heroes of the faith. Yeah, he's a little bit older than you. Yeah, a lot older than me. Uh, Hey, in the Song of Songs, the object that is being sought after is the right one. And the way is the right way, and the result is the right end. Real quick, I want to say something about a lot of times people, I remember growing up, they looked at the Song of Songs. I remember when I was younger, and they would teach it purely as allegory. That the Song of Solomon is all about God's love for Israel. And, you know, or they take it towards the New Testament. It's got Jesus' love for the church. church. Which, yes, I think there is that element there, and it shows you all the different levels of Scripture. But you cannot get away from the sensual, sexual imagery of Song of Songs. And here's a really cool thing. Two different people I read this by. John Piper was one. uh, Old Testament scholar D.A. Carson was the other. And Carson put it this way, and it's not a total quote here because I don't have it in front of me. But he says it was if the only thing that God could think of that might approach the glory of heaven on earth is sex between a husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And Piper talked about it by saying, when we think of sex as the most intimate thing you can do with another person, that God uses that to compare his relationship to us about this level of intimacy that goes far beyond any, that God is not this impersonal God, but God is a God that is totally in love with us and knows us more intimately than we know ourselves. And that the only human interaction that we could ever have that comes close to that is the celebration of sexual love within the marriage relationship. Which is a pretty profound statement and something to really kind of resonate, you know, and go over in your mind and think about, man, how do my thoughts about sex within marriage, how does that line up with some of these things we've talked about in the last few minutes? And it may be that you're listening and you're thinking, ooh, I've never heard any of that per se. I've never thought about it like that. It may be that this is a place that you want to begin to lay down new truths about what God intends this to be 
and you reap the harvest of that and not be bound up by something that is a lie. And so if you haven't read any of this, known any of this, and we would encourage you to look up some of these people Johnny's mentioned, to look up that series on Song of Solomon and really see what God says about it. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode with that. Um, you know, we always invite questions, and I really wish you would. You can get to our website, www.noregrets, that's with a Z, dot O-R-G. And there's a space there that you can communicate with us. We would really love to hear from you. Good or bad, love it, hate it, <laughs> unsure about it, whatever it is, bring it on, we'll take it. But we just want you to be able to experience everything that God has for us. God's desire is that marriage be healthy and vibrant and growing in every single area, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So we hope you come back to us next week. We're going to go drop our third podcast, and it's going to be talking about some of the barriers and hopefully give you somewhat of a framework to, excuse me there, just bump the microphone, give you somewhat of a framework to really talk about it in a meaningful way in your own marriage relationship. So with that, we just want to say again, hey, thanks for being part of this with us. Thanks for joining us and uh, keep on forging.